I'm not going to lie. Y'all love when we talk about personality types on this show. You lost your damn minds last year when we talked about Enneagram on here. And I can't believe I must have been sleeping under a rock, but I've had multiple people from different sources urgently tell me I needed to dig into human design. And I hadn't heard of it before. Human design is a map of the self, self, map of the self based on your birthday, time, and place. And here's what's so wild about it. Well, there is a lot of scientific data kind of included in it, a little bit of magic around the astrological coordinates. The accuracy is remarkable. When I read through my blueprint, and I'm a generator, it felt like all of the light bulbs went on in my body. As a way, not just, it it was like, whoa, you feel like, wow, that really does remarkably explain me as a way not just to have the information. You know, sometimes you do these uh, these personality tests and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this was like a blueprint on how to use it in your daily life to work with your emotional, psychological, and energetic makeup and align with your nature and step into your highest potential in every area of your life. Yeah, these are big promises, right? But wait until you hear my guest today. She's going to blow your mind. Erin Claire Jones is one of the most well-respected and foremost leaders on human design decoding this intricate information in a way that we can easily understand and practically apply. We also have discount codes for you. If you'd like to order your own blueprint, you can find out what, um, you know, what your type is for free. But if you wanted to have like a blueprint, a detailed blueprint of how to apply it in your life, um, we've got a discount code for you. So before we dive in, I wanted to officially announce that if you plan to be in Atlanta on February 18th, I have partnered with Just Add Honey Tea to offer a mini Atlanta Beltline retreat. Yes, my first of many bespoke experiences, one that I've been planning or a uh, yeah, series that I've been planning for a long time. So I've been so excited to get this out into the world and already have people signed up and excited about it. This one will include a totally new experience of finding calm in the chaos. Not only on the Atlanta Beltline, which is a busy uh, beltway um, connecting several neighborhoods in Atlanta, but I've secured a private wellness studio where we will have a tea ceremony and education, as well as a guided meditation and journaling session. Essentially, this is a way for you to reconnect with yourself regardless of what's going on around you and have practical tools to help you in your everyday life. This is just the beginning for you and I am psyched. Go to allisonhair.com forward slash calm and sign up. Feel free to bring a friend or even if you have children that are over 10, that might benefit. Lastly, if you'd like to help keep this podcast running and level up the content, you can support this podcast for as little as a few dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash late learner and get all the episodes early, ad free and get bonus content and also get a speed pass to heaven for supporting an independent podcaster like me. Here is my chat with the great human design expert, Erin Claire Jones. 
I am super excited to welcome Erin Claire Jones. You are one of the foremost leaders on the human blueprint or human design blueprint. Welcome, Erin. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And y'all, uh, welcome to my voice. I sound like Jojo Siwa. So if you think she's annoying, you're welcome for that too. But um, just getting over a cold. So Erin, um, as I mentioned before, multiple sources across the country have pointed me to you. And so the way that they describe you is when it comes to human design, that you are the grand poobah and that more importantly, you have a way of simplifying this kind of blueprint that can be very complex in a way that's very manageable and accessible. Um, thank you for being here. Can you help us understand human design is very new to me. I imagine it'll be very new to people as well. Can you explain what it is? Of course. And thank you for saying that. Um, so human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint. And what I mean by that is how you are wired to thrive in your relationships, in your parenting, in your work, in your leadership. And it basically gives us each an individualized roadmap to how we operate best. And I think so often we like are trying to emulate those around us, but often we just realize that like we do it differently. And so human design is such a beautiful tool to really kind of reconnect to what works uniquely for us and to give us full permission to step into it. So I know that you had discovered this how long ago? 2015. 2015. And at that time, human design was pretty fringe, right? Oh my God, people didn't fresh. know what it was. <laughs> yes. I, no one I knew knew what it was. And like, it was only How when did you I, come yeah. across it? Oh, it was, it was totally serendipitous and weird. I, I had never heard of the system and I don't think I ever could have anticipated this as my path. I was living in New York City and I was at a friend's gathering and basically sat next to a stranger and he asked if he could give me a human design reading. And I'm like open to all modalities and ways of understanding myself. So I was like, sure, tell me everything. And he gave me like a mini reading on the spot. And I felt so, I never felt so seen, but I also had never mm. felt so called out. I felt like he really kind of just like called out all the ways in which I had not been honoring who I was. And he gave me such a beautiful language to be like, oh, that is me. Like, is that allowed to actually step into that? And he actually ended the conversation by saying, Aaron, I think you're meant to do this. And I think we should like do this together. And I just want to wow. like preface that. I know totally cosmic and weird, but I just want to preface that by saying that like human design is not predictive. So he was not looking at my chart and being like, wow, Aaron should like, it's in her, in the stars. She should be a human design reader. It was more that he had a gut feeling also like, it's so funny you say the simplification piece because so much of my design is like an ability to like translate compl complex subjects and like simplify them in a way that really lands. And so I think like he just saw all these things and he like, you'd be really good at this. And so um, he'd been studying human design for a decade and he became my first teacher. And so that really wow. started my journey and it's been a, a wild one and a wonderful one, but that's where it all started. So I've got to understand though, you know, like there is a popularity around personality. So like in yeah. the professional sense, there is strengths finder, you know, there's disc personality, there's uh, Myers-Briggs, there is Enneagram, uh, which is very popular. And now all of a sudden human design is exploding. What do you uh, attribute to the popularity and just the widespread kind of acceptance where it's a little more less fringe? 
Yeah, it's so crazy because like you shared, it's like when I started and I would say for the first two to three years, like it was so fringe. And I actually walked away from my first human design business because I was like, no one's listening. I was like, mm-hmm. I can keep talking, but at some point, like at some point, I think people will care, but I can't always control when it's going to happen. And so it's been so amazing to kind of witness it grow and flourish. I think that, you know, honestly, I don't know is the simple answer, but like my hypothesis is that human design is so specific and it's so practical. And so I think that like people love that. Like I feel like I've found a lot of systems in the past where I'm given so much juicy information and then I have no idea what to do with it. And human design is like, here's all this very individualized, specific knowledge all about you. And also like here are all these tools that actually bring it to life. And so I think that practicality piece is really, really resonating. And I think also the magic of human design, like when communicated well, at least through my perspective, like in terms of simplifying the language, I think it just really lands with people. Like they're just like, you are giving me a language for things I've always felt unknown to be true. And I think it feels very familiar with people. Like all systems, human design can be really jargony. So I think it just requires us as readers and practitioners to really tune into who we're speaking to and speak it in a language that makes sense to them. Mm. So can you explain a little bit of the types, the archetypes? Are they archetypes? Is that what you would call it? We just call them types. Yeah, we call them energy types because, you know, there are five different energy types in human design. And so this is the first piece to look at, but it's also just the first piece. So just know that like underneath it, there are so many things that make your design unique. Like no two charts are really the same. So there are generators, manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. So I'll start with generators because that's you. Yeah. Um, so generators, and I'll, I'll give a brief, a brief note on each generators are really here. And also, sorry, if you'd like to look up your design and see what type you are, you can look it up at humandesignblueprint.com. So as a generator, you're really here to be a creator, a doer, somebody that has so much powerful energy to kind of build, create and make things happen when you are so genuinely lit up and satisfied by what you're doing. You know, and so, so much of the job of of a generator is to really prioritize your satisfaction and see that not as a selfish Mm. choice, but actually as a thing that like uplifts everyone around you. Because like when you're lit up, like it will light up your partner and your kids and your listeners and like, it's just so magnetic. And I think where generators can get really taken off track is just overextending themselves, overcommitting, doing things just because they think they should and not really kind of treating their own joy as a compass. And then I would say... Another key piece of you, of your design as a generator is that you're meant to be quite magnetic. So you're not really meant to chase after opportunities. Honestly, the right things are just meant to show up in your world. And your job is to just pay attention to what shows up and what lights up your gut. And once your gut lights up in response, then you go make that thing happen. But you're very meant to kind of be, you're meant to be gut driven, not mind driven. I got to pause there. How in the hell, how in the hell do I sit around and wait? I'm a doer. I know. You know what I mean? Like It's not uh, easy. I'm, I'm so interested in that. How do I do it? Totally. Well, wait is sometimes a challenging, um, word because it's not totally waiting. Like you're just, you're basically like paying attention and like waiting for the right moment to respond to something. And so you're not here to like sit around and do nothing. Like you're really here to be busy doing the things you love because that makes you so magnetic. And you're just like keeping your eyes open and you're not pursuing a new thing until a thing shows up and lights you up. So definitely don't sit around and do nothing. I would say like, keep doing the things that bring you joy, all the things that feel the most satisfying and just like see what shows up in your world that excites you. Because the key for you is to like not sit at home and be like, what is the next thing I'm going to create? And just like get super in your head about it. It's more like, let me just do the things that light me up. And like a thing is going to show up and excite me and I'm going to follow that. And so I'm going to like, let that kind of guide my energy rather than what I think I should do. 
And like, I have to you're say, always responding. Go ahead. Yeah, I have to say that listening to um, the my there's a an app called My Human Design, so I was kind mm-hmm. of listening to, yeah. you know, the little snippets that they have for each one of them, and I was thinking about the the push pull of like doing and waiting, yeah, and responding. And you did a great job, you know, in um, previous interviews that you've done of simplifying what that looks like to be responsive. Yeah, and I kept the word permission kept coming up for me of just, you know, giving yourself permission to feel joy mm-hmm. and to trust. So like permission and trust kept coming back up. And I wonder, does that play a part of, of this, this type or even in general for no. all types? I think for all types in their own way, but I think so much of the journey of generators is trusting that things will show up. You know, because often if there's like a fear that things won't show up, it's like, I've got to go chase. But often there's a lot much yeah. more, res- a lot more resistance that you encounter when you pursue things that way. Whereas when you're like, I trust that things will come and I'm just going to like stay busy doing things I love. Like <sighs> you'll likely find so much more flow in bringing things to life. But it's scary because it's often opposite of what you've done for most people. Um, even though they've like discovered that that's a way that works best. But I think like you said, like, you know, the responsiveness of a generator, like you're always responding to like the podcast you're listening to, to like the guests that you're talking to, to what you're seeing on the street. And so like your job is just to pay attention and like see what your body is naturally responding to, because like Mm -hmm. what your gut is pulling you towards is always where you should go. And so the work for you is to just like get, you know, attuned enough to hear it and then just be in trust of it when it comes. I think there is a beauty in that magic. It does feel like magic of just kind of how, how it goes. So let's keep moving on. So there's generator, there's manifesting generator. Yes. So manifesting generators are very similar to generators. Often these, often people group these two types together. I would say some distinctions and you might observe this in your kids. I'm not sure is that they tend to be quite multi-passionate. So they often like having their energy in many things at once. They're kind of here to try on things and let go of things. And they're not really here to just like stick to one path and like just be like, I'm in this for life. Like they're really here to keep pivoting and reinventing themselves and shifting their energy when they're inspired. One of their gifts is efficiency. They can make things happen very quickly um, and they might skip some steps along the way. And so it's good to be surrounded by people that help them with that step-by-step process. But similar to generators, they are here to be doers, really here to follow their excitement, um, can be like pulled into things that they don't enjoy because they have so much capacity. So really kind of treating their own satisfaction as important. Um, and similar to generators, they're here to let things come to them and wait for things to spark a gut response in them before they go after it. Mm. Do you observe that at all in your kids? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I now I understand. What is the most co- is is there one type that's the most common? Is it manifesting generator? It's generators and manifesting generators in combination. Ah, interesting. Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, okay, you want me to keep moving? Yeah, let's keep going. Cool. So then we've got projectors, and projectors are really here to be leaders, guides, advisors, teachers. Not here to do all the doing. Their energy very naturally ebbs and flows. And so it's really important to kind of create space for rest and spaciousness in their days. Um, and their work is to realize that their gift is not in how hard they work or how much they do. It's really in their perspective and how they see. Um, they often make very natural coaches, therapists, podcast hosts, you know, love systems like human design. Um, and their strategy in life is really about waiting to be invited in. They often see so much because they're so attuned and so sensitive, but it's important to kind of not force their insights or guidance on people that are not ready for it. 
And so waiting to kind of see who invites them and recognizes them before they share. Um, and I will just say like for entrepreneurs or if you are pursuing a career as a projector, it's important to make yourself visible, like let people know that you exist, you know, share on Instagram, go on podcasts, you know, share with newsletters, share with your community. It's just not about kind of pushing your insights on one person in particular. Mm. It's so interesting to have these types because when you layer it with things like love languages, Enneagram, those kind of things, it's a really complex kind of uh, prescription for how to respond, how to act. And so understanding that, whether it's the self-awareness or whatever, is really interesting. Yeah. And I also think that like, you know, human design, there are so many pieces as there are with Enneagram yeah. and StrengthsFinder and all the things. So like, I think that what's important if you're experimenting with human design is that like, this is meant to be a thing that is experimented with and embodied, not memorized. And so like, mm. you know, just taking one piece at a time is perfect and you can always integrate more. Like it's a very complex system, but like more, informa more information is often not better, you know? Mm. And so I always recommend people to like keep returning to it and keep checking in because often new things will pop up each time. Um, and I also wouldn't force like how do all the systems make sense together? Like I think that often they do, but not because there's like some rational, like, this piece corresponds to this piece. It's just like, oh, they both resonate in different ways. So I would just trust that because I know it can be overwhelming to kind of receive so much information. And you are a projector, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, let's keep going. Okay. So then we've got manifestors and manifestors are really here to be initiators and disruptors and innovators. They're really good at kind of initiating things and getting the ball rolling, not here to kind of do all the doing themselves. They tend to be quite bold and provocative in their energy. Um, their energy very much ebbs and flows. They kind of have weeks where they're on fire and then kind of moments of pulling back and really needing rest. So they're not really meant to like consistently do, do, do. And their strategy is all about initiating. They're really here to kind of make the first move and just pursue whatever urge arises within them. And the other part of their strategy is just keeping the people around them in the loop. You know, they're people that their energy is very impactful. And so it's really important to kind of just let people know what they're going to do before they do it. So people can feel kind of at ease with what they're doing. So just mm. keeping people in the loop and giving them a heads up can make a big difference for them. Amazing. And then the final type is a reflector. Reflectors are the rarest type, 1% of the population. Um, and they're really here to be our collective mirrors. They're really, really sensitive to their physical space. And they're always kind of taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so it's really important for them to be quite ruthless about who and where they're spending time with and in because they're taking in so much of that energy and they're very fluid. They will have days where they feel like generators like you, like projectors like me, like manifesting generators, manifestors, and their job is to really just kind of honor their fluidity and honor whatever feels like them that day and not try to be like consistent and rigid in how they show up. Um, and their strategy is really about putting themselves in the right spaces online and offline to kind of create the right opportunities for themselves. Hmm. I've got to dig into a lot of this and I'm wondering how, how is this formed? You know, so this is based off of birthplace, time of birth and date. Yes. So how is this all compiled, especially when they're so unique? So basically, you know, it's a crazy thing. It's this information similar to astrology is kind of inputted into a software and that outputs your chart. And it's based on what's happening in the sky and in the world when you're born. Um, and it, our chart really reveals like all things that are consistent within us and all the things that are kind of more fluid and flexible. Um, it is a wild looking thing. If you look up your chart, I don't know if you've looked up a human design chart, you've yeah, probably seen it. Yeah, it looks like it. a uterus. 
It's like, it kind of looks like a uterus or something. I love that. It's a crazy looking thing and it's so not intuitive. Um, but I think because I've worked with so many skeptics and I think my intention with human design is to really make it accessible to the mainstream is that like what matters to me is not whether it's true, but whether it's useful, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that like, I'm never trying to convince people of anything. And I worked with tens of thousands of people and like I, the more I worked with it, I'm just like, how in the world is this so accurate? You know, but I think that what matters again is whether it's useful. So I think that like, it, it's wild to me still that we could ever know this much information based on our time, date and place of birth. Like I still can't even grasp that. But what I mm-hmm. do know is that it resonates with me on such a deep level and so many people and it's so useful. And so for me, that's why I keep doing it. And that's why I'm like so inspired to share it. But it's still like a little bit mind boggling that we could get this much information from that, inf- from just the birth information. So I think what's interesting about you is that you have, uh, I believe you have focused on businesses implementing this throughout their teams. And I know that there are teams that will require people to take this test. So that way they know how to interact with each other. So I imagine skepticism is probably rampant in there. How do you approach um, that workplace and what have you seen as a result of people kind of understanding themselves a little better in the people around them. Yeah. Well, I think that human design is so widely applicable, you know, to parenting, families, teams, all the things, because when we understand the people around us, whether it's our kids, partners, or colleagues, we just really know how to work with them, you know, and know how to support them and not expect them to be like us. And so I think that how it can be so impactful in teams, and that's what drew me to human design is working with teams is that often we can get frustrated because we're like, why aren't they doing it like me? You know, or why are they doing Mm. it this way? And human design gives us such a map of like, this person is going to like need to be communicated to in this way. We'll make decisions in this way, might like this kind of collaboration. And so it gives us such practical tools to really pull out the gifts of each person and to kind of understand what the gaps are within a team. So it's so profound because it kind of really helps resolve a lot of interpersonal challenges. So the team can like kind of achieve a new level of efficacy in general. I think my experience working with teams is that there is a lot of skepticism less than I thought. Um, often because if Mm. you tell somebody that like, I have a system that will give you some information about yourself, they're often like, okay, just tell me, you know, like they want to know, we're curious to learn about ourselves. So people often want to know, but I think that like, for me, it's all been about how I present it. If I'm like, this is, you must do it this way. And this is the truth about you. I think it would be very alienating. But I think I often come in and I say human design gives us a beautiful language. You're going to think about how we each individually operate and how we can best operate together. So I'm going to introduce some concepts today, like take it or leave it. If it feels useful, amazing. If it doesn't, let it go. And so I think when you really kind of put the agency totally on them to just like take it or leave it, I think they're often more open to it. And honestly, my experience with teams, and I've shared this before, is that I've sat with so many people that are like, Aaron, like, I don't want to believe this. I think that like all this stuff is way too woo woo for me. But once I hear the information, they're like, that resonates so deeply. So like, please tell me everything about like my kids and and my team and like, and my boss. And they just want to know because they're like, this is weird. And I don't want to believe it. But like, how in the world do you know this? So like, keep talking. Um, So I think it's just about all how how it's presented. Um, And I think that again, what I say is like, what matters to me is whether it's useful, not whether it's true. So you get to choose how true it is for you. Um, and I think that people often are pretty amazed by the specificity and they just can immediately sense how useful it can be. It is so specific. And, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about culturally is, you know, uh, over 
just time, you know, eras that we have that people, you know, we're coming out of hustle culture, right? And so through the pandemic, people have worked from home. They're slowly coming back to the office and it's a whole different world now. And the culture is not having great coffee and candy and pinball machines or whatever in the common room. It is do you feel seen? Do you feel heard? And so mm-hmm. I, I, I personally think that this human design and that kind of thing of like being able to, the interpersonal skills are so critical right now where totally. it isn't just you have to operate in this particular way because that's our culture, yes. you know, where in many cases it goes against who you are. And so what I think is interesting and I wonder about deconstructing the cultural programming and sliding into something that feels more natural. So, you know, one of the things, and I I shared with, with you offline before we're recording is that I have a friend who ordered your book. And so you do these incredible uh, detailed blueprint, but it almost is like taking that blueprint in a way of applying it. And so there's one here your strategy, this is for a projector, wait for the invitation. And it has putting it into practice right here. So how do you, how do people, um, how do people um, take their own agency versus the obligations that they feel they must have? Hmm. Like, how do you apply this? Oh, how do you apply it? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think that like, Again, my focus is really on the application of human design because like, what's the point of all this information if like we aren't using it, you know, it's like really fun. But I also feel like people often come to human design, like excited to transform, you know, and excited yeah. to kind of use this information. Um, so I think that like I, with the blueprint book and like with everything that I share, I'm teaching a, a hundreds of readers right now, kind of how to share the system with the world as well. And like, my focus is very much like, how can the system be practically applied to how we work best, how we parent, all of that. And so that's just like how I present it all. So if your strategy is to be invited, like let's talk about three or four things you can start doing to kind of see how it manifests, you know, and I really encourage people to kind of experiment with it. And so, you know, human design is, it's hard to talk generally about it because, you know, there are so many pieces of human design to apply. Um, But I would say that if we're looking at our strategy, which I mentioned briefly for each type, which is how we create opportunities, you know, that's a really beautiful place to play with. Like if my strategy is to be invited, like in moments where I would historically be like, oh my God, I see how they could change it. I'm just going to let them know. I'm going to be like, sit back and be like, I'm going to actually wait till they ask, you know, and just see if it lands differently. Or I'm going to say like, hey, I have a lot of insight. Like, are you open to hearing it? I'm going to like give them a chance to opt into my insights, you know, or say for you, like you have historically initiated or chased after things in the past, you know, and instead of like yes. rushing after, you can check in and be like, am I clearly getting a gut feeling that this is the right thing? Or am I in my head about why I should do it? You know, so just kind of bringing awareness how we're entering into things to make sure we're entering into them in the most aligned way for us. And often mm. like just experiencing it will just give you the insight that like, oh, that actually does feel better or flows better. And one other piece I would share is that there is a really cool piece of our design called our inner authority, which speaks to how we best make decisions. Some of us are meant to be quick, gut feeling in the moment. Others needed to talk things out. Some people need to sleep on things. So that's also a really beautiful way to kind of start putting your design into practice to start making decisions in alignment with your design and seeing how it manifests. I think, you know, it's so funny because I'm thinking about this. And so I have, I have such a long background in sales, you know, and so 
you know, when, when a buyer says, I need to think about it, you know, as a salesperson, you're like, make a decision, you know? And so I think some of this is really culturally shifting Mm -hmm. of like allowing, you know, I think, um, and one thing I think, um, was really powerful that I wanted to hear from you is the not self. Can you explain not self? Of course. So every type will basically have a signal that reveals when they're on track or off track. And these are so simple, but they can be really beautiful, just reminders of like alignment or misalignment. And so for generators and manifesting generators to be on track, we call this your signature, is to feel a sense of satisfaction. So if you're just like, oh my God, this podcast is so satisfying, or like, I'm just going to bed and I just feel so fulfilled and like spent in the best of ways, like it's such a beautiful signal you're right on track. Whereas a sign of like misalignment and subcapacity is frustration. And frustration can like, you know, it's going to come up in small moments inevitably. But like if it's pretty consistent where you're like, I'm so frustrated with this collaborator, so frustrated with this way of doing things, it often is just an invitation for you to kind of step back and ask yourself like, is this still the right way to do it? Am I really listening to my gut on this? Um, for projectors, it's bitterness and success. Um, mm. For manifestors, peace and anger. And for reflectors, surprise and disappointment. And I also mm. want to just, you know, in terms of your your comment around decision making, it's so true. Like that you're a fast decision maker in your design and, and some people need a lot more time. And so just mm-hmm. knowing that rather than being like, why don't they have clarity as soon as I do? So right. do you resonate with that kind of satisfaction, frustration spectrum? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I, I think what's beautiful about this is that, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and some may be listening too, but like in my own circles that really struggle with um, having tough conversations and, you know, uh, confrontation. And so I think what's cool about this is that it really is a communication blueprint to help you have more effective communication that is aligned with you. Totally. Um, but in a really great way. And it's funny you say that because you have another piece of your design and this is a deeper layer from something called centers. And it basically, this is an area of our design that reveals our biggest lessons and our biggest sensitivities. And so one of your biggest areas, do you mind if I share about your design? No, please. No. Um, you have what we call an undefined emotional center, which is just, you know, I know that's human design jargon, but basically what it means is that mm, according to your design, you're very empathic and very sensitive to other people's feelings. And so if somebody's feeling a thing, you might feel that feeling very amplified within your own body, you know? And so it's such a gift because it makes you so wise, but it also can be quite overwhelming. But one of the challenges that can arise with this piece is an avoidance of confrontation because you feel so much. It can be like, I'm just going to like avoid confronting the thing because like, I don't want to deal with it. And then like feel all the things. And so like, I would say one of your biggest life lessons, according to your design is cultivating strong boundaries and awareness of what's yours and what's not and moving through the discomfort and speaking your truth, even when it's hard. And even Mm. when it's going to like spark a thing in somebody else. And just knowing that like, you know, you're not really here to kind of sit back and and keep it small and chill. And like, you're really here to address the thing. So it's just interesting that you mentioned the confrontation piece. Mm. I think what's interesting is the boundaries thing. So as I have notes for, you know, preparation for our talk, I I had not self boundaries. And I think, uh, I think, you know, when you understand what your trigger is or what your what that feeling in your body is, that maybe yeah. it's time to set a boundary yeah, um, or shift it. Totally, totally. And I would say so many generators in general, boundaries are such a key life lesson. And we, I think we all need the lesson of boundaries, but I would say for generators, you have so much beautiful energy and vitality and capacity. 
And because of that, people can really want to take advantage of it and not in a malicious way. They just like can feel that from you. It's like, can you help Mm -hmm. me with this? Can you work on this with me? Can we spend time together? And like so much of being a generator is like, yes, I can do those things. But like, I know that when I'm genuinely lit up by something, it's going to make all the difference for me and for them. And like Mm -hmm. the whole world benefits when I actually prioritize that. And so really having the courage to kind of say no and having your yeses be like only full bodied yeses. And again, Mm -hmm. knowing that like, that's not only benefiting you, it's benefiting anyone who's spending time with you. Oh my God, this is so cool. What are some common misconceptions that people have about human design? Hmm. I think that, you know, there's so many misconceptions even around just like specific aspects of human design. I would say that I feel I struggle when I hear people talk about human design in a way where they're like, oh, you're a projector and therefore you can't do this, you know, or you're a generator and you can't partner with this person. Like, I think one piece is that like, human design never tells us what we cannot do. It's not this like limiting system where it's like you're a projector and therefore can only do those things and be with these people. Human design just lets us know how we'll do it best, you know? So we can all be CEOs and we can all host podcasts, you know, and we can all be marathon runners, but like human design just lets us know like how we can do it in a way that's most aligned for us. Um, I think other misconceptions, like, I mean, some people misunderstand it as like, it's a predictive thing. Like I said, it's not predictive. It doesn't tell you like where you're going to go. It just lets you get really acquainted with your own operating manual so you can really get in flow with it and kind of like use that to get wherever you'd like to go. Um, I think those are the, and I think also there can be a fear of it being really prescriptive. And I think I feared that when I first discovered the system, I was like, I really don't want to put people in a box. And like, but I think that often, like I said, when I share with people, they're just like, Oh, I feel so liberated because I finally Mm. feel like I have a language for how I operate and now I know how to step into it. And so I think that like, I didn't expect that quite to the degree that I've experienced it. Um, but I think that I haven't experienced human design as that prescriptive. Um, and mostly because I encourage people to experiment with it, but often just because it resonates so deeply and they feel such permission. I think there's, I think the beauty of this, and just like you said in the beginning is feeling seen and feeling heard and called out, I guess of like, yeah, that, that is where I struggle Mm-hmm. Um, even when you talked about the, the confrontation with me, I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. it's not always there, easy to hear it. Yeah. 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 I could feel it. Um, I wasn't, you know, it's funny because when I was talking to my girlfriend that I uh, got this book from that she lent to me, she said, when she talks about human design, she said, it's only halfway on the woo woo scale. <laughs> How would you describe it? You know, like it is totally woo woo in that it comes from our time, date and place of birth. Like I'll acknowledge Mm -hmm. that, but the information it offers us is so practical. And so like, I so agree with her on that. Like I really, what drew me to human design is that it felt like it bridged the mystical and the practical where I was like, it comes from all this wild stuff. And also like, but it's such grounded information that we get from it. And so to me, it does feel like it bridges that. And I think that's why it has taken off in a new way because like, it's just very accessible to people. Um, so I totally agree with that. But like, it is inevitably woo-woo because of that. But like human design is not, yeah, it's a mystical system at its heart. But I think that it is so practical and grounded in its application. Mm. What do you know that you wish other people could know? About human design? Yeah. Um, I think that like, there's just so much freedom that can come when we really release the need to do things like others are doing them. 
And there's so much compassion Mm. and understanding that we can bring into relationships when we really understand somebody for who they are. Like I've experienced this in all the ways with my, you know, my sister and my parents and my partner. And, um, just like looking at, I was like, Oh, I just wanted them to be like me. And the minute I like understood how different they were and how to honor that, like it was just our dynamic was so much more beautiful because there was like so much more compassion. And I see it in parenting all the time, you know, of just being like, Oh, like I'm, I'm struggling with this child because like, I'm like putting my lens on them and they're actually so different than me. So I think that like, there's just so much friction that can be resolved when we really take the time to understand how we work and how others work. I remember discovering the five love languages so long ago and feel that that is, uh, this is another language, but it has more depth. It has more practicality. It has more detail that can really help you in, and um, and guidance. I think that's totally. what's so cool too. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, um, how can people work with you? There are a lot of options that you have available. How can people work with you? Yeah. So I would say the best place to get started is to do something called your blueprint book. Um, and that is like the book your friend had. Um, and that is a 55 plus page guide all about your unique design. So it kind of walks you through everything you need to know about how you work best. And like you said, it gives you kind of practical tools to actually put that stuff into life. It's honestly meant to be like a resource manual you always have. So whenever things arise or feel challenging, you can like open it up and be like, oh, like this is why it's happening. And this is a good tool to work with it. Um, You can find that at humandesignblueprint.com. And we have a discount code, which is learner. Um, And then... The other big way is if you're just like, oh my God, Aaron, I'm obsessed with human design. I want to learn everything about it, both for myself and I might even want to share it with others. Um, we have a course and we actually are offering, I'm, I'm going live for the course right now, but um, that's also on humandesignblueprint.com and that's called Blueprint Pro. And then we have kind of a more advanced offering, but I'm just going to start with those two. If you want to learn about your design, the Blueprint book is perfect. If you want to learn about human design in general, the course is amazing for that. And I'll link everything in the show notes. Erin, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this knowledge and making it so accessible for so many people. I believe it is transformative and life-changing. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I, I just love this conversation and can't wait to dig in even further. Have you taken the test yet? I'm sure you probably heard this and were like, all right, I need to know what my, my type is. It's free at humandesignblueprint.com. And if you'd like your own detailed blueprint of guidance, which is freaking amazing and ridiculously accurate, use the code LEARNER for 10% off. LEARNER for 10% off. Humandesignblueprint.com. Big thanks to Erin Claire Jones for partnering with our community and for sharing such important info. What is your type? Send me a DM and let me know. And also text us to your friends and partners and see what types they are and see how we can better interact with each other using this episode as a guide. I'll be posting on the socials and please note, I have added a separate Instagram account for this podcast at late.learner. Once again, I'm so thankful for the supporters of this show. It makes a huge impact. And you can also be part of this community at patreon.com forward slash late learner and get all the bonus content and keep the show going. As always, all links are in the show notes, including the chance to experience the Atlanta wellness retreat at allisonhair.com forward slash calm. Be good to yourself so you can be better for others. Let's keep learning, okay?
See you on the socials before I see you on the pod next week.